Coach Steve Maletto from Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And get ready, because the learning begins in three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of the Reimagined Schools podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. I'm your host, Greg Gollins, and my special guest today is Kim Bearden, an award-winning educator who's the co-founder and executive director of the highly acclaimed Ron Clark Academy, an innovative middle school and teacher training facility in Atlanta, Georgia. Kim joined forces with Ron Clark, author of the best-selling book, The Essential 55, in 2000, after they were both honored as Disney American Teachers of the Year. Today, the Ron Clark Academy serves as a model site for educators around the world and was once called the best school in America by TV personality Oprah Winfrey. In 2016, Kim was honored by former President Barack Obama at the White House when she was inducted into the National Teachers Hall of Fame. She's also the author of a new book titled Talk to Me, Find the right words to inspire, encourage, and get things done as she covers six principles of effective communication from a 32-year career as a teacher, curriculum director, and former middle school principal. If you're looking for inspiration, look no further than Kim Bearden and the Ron Clark Academy. So turn up the volume and enjoy my recent conversation with Kim Bearden on this episode of the Reimagined Schools podcast. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Reimagined Schools podcast. I'm so excited to have a very special guest all the way from Atlanta, Georgia. She is the co-founder of the Ron Clark Academy. She's also the executive director. She's a former middle school principal, an award-winning teacher, still teaching language arts in a 31-year career. My special guest today is Kim Bearden. How are you, Kim? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. So how are things in Atlanta? Things are great in Atlanta. We've been having a great week here. The kids are having a great week, so no complaints. <laughs> you know, the Ron Clark Academy is, uh, you know, just phenomenal and been breaking that, uh, that mold of the traditional school environment for quite some time and really one of the first to jump out there and kind of lead this revolution for education reform. And I know you were involved uh, as the co-founder with, with Ron Clark. Can you just kind of walk me through uh, how did you go from being a middle school principal or working in the public school system to creating on this bigger-than-life project that now is a model for schools throughout the world, really? Well, thank you for your kind words. And, you know, interestingly, when you said revolution, that's sort of our motto this year is be the revolution. So you're right on target with what we are trying to accomplish. I met Ron in the year 2000 when we were both honored by Disney as Teachers of the Year. And this was many years ago. He had all this passion, this joy, this enthusiasm, and we just hit it off. He was just this contagious kind of energy, but also really serious about how to make education better for kids. And so one night we were having a conversation like many educators do. And he said, you know what? We should start a school together. Educators say things like that often. And so I said, sure, Ron, that sounds like a great idea. Didn't really think it would happen. 
but then these amazing things did start to happen. He wrote a book called The Essential 55, um, and the book was actually highlighted by Oprah Winfrey. She had had the Disney teachers on her show, told him to write a book. And so the book, right after she had him on the show you know, for the second time and highlighted the book, it, it became number two in the nation right behind Harry Potter. <laughs> and so he told me, uh, he called me up and said, Kim, I'm serious. Let's start a school. Come to Harlem. Yeah, that's where he was teaching. And I said, I'm serious too, but I want you to come to Atlanta. That's where my family is. And so he came here. He looked at, we looked at 50 sites all over the metro Atlanta area. And we found this 100-year-old factory. It was in the second highest rated crime zone area of Atlanta at the time. And I saw in the community and we said, it's it. This is where we want to be because we had this idea. And the idea was that both of us had been fortunate to um, have a lot of opportunities to train teachers in addition to our teaching responsibilities, to go around the country, to speak to educators. And we realized that nowhere was there a place where educators could watch other teachers teach. You know, in the world of professional development for educators, you go usually in a library or you go into a theater, an auditorium, and you'll hear a speaker, which we had both done. But sometimes I felt like if they could just see it, if they could just see how this really looks when it's being implemented, it would make all the difference. You know, if you want to be a, a master carpenter, you build alongside a master carpenter or a master surgeon, you operate alongside one. In education, you have your student teaching experience in high school. I mean, I'm sorry, in college. But then after that college experience, when you go into your building, you may work in the same building as master educators, but you never watch them. You know, you close the door. And so that was where the idea came from, that we would get the best teachers we could find anywhere, put them in one building, invite educators to come attend workshops, but also to be able to watch teachers teach so that they could really see, get a different vision, a different perspective of how it could be in a classroom. And so not only is the Ron Clark Academy a, a middle school where you have students every day going about typical learning activities, but it's also considered a demonstration school, or I've heard you actually say it's an educator training facility, and you've had over 50,000 educators come and visit. So that's, Absolutely. I mean, did you ever imagine when you started that you were going to have that kind of impact? I, you know, I did not. I knew that we always from day one, we wanted educators to come. And that first year we would allow like 60 to come on a day. And now most Fridays we have 600. <laughs> so that tells you um, about three times a month, we have about 600 educators. So it's like we're doing a national conference, you know, several times a month. So, and we've never really advertised. It's all been word of mouth. And so we're just so grateful because I think it's just shows to the quality of the program and what teachers feel like they gain from the experience that we've had this longevity and, no, no end in sight of the teachers who are signing up and even booking out days in the future. You know, if you do a simple Google search for the Ron Clark Academy, you have some amazing videos that pop up and you start watching these videos and it doesn't take you long to figure out this looks like on the video, the greatest place on earth. This is where every kid wants to be. Every teacher wants to work. So you either have the best video people that are available <laughs> or it's Disneyland every day there at the Ron Clark Academy. Well, thank you for pointing that out. You know, we have been very fortunate. There have been a lot of things we've even gone viral of just moments in this school. But I think what I would love for people to understand is that there's joy in this school. You know, we use lots of music. We use lots of dance. We use laughter, love, all those things to get kids excited about learning. But what you don't see in those videos is that we are academically really challenging our kids, too. It's because of the joy, because of the fun ways that we teach. There, it, it shows kids that learning is a beautiful, wonderful thing. And so they're willing to work harder to dig in to get the job done. And so there's a balance here. There's a lot of creativity, a lot of enthusiasm, and it's balanced by that discipline. And so I think that those viral videos have gone viral because who doesn't like to see joyful children? You know, and, and they see that and they're like, you know, what? that's what I think really draws people to watch images about the things that happen in our school. 
And, you know, I spent a lot of time talking to experts across the board about how to reinvent education, how to reimagine education. Everyone has a different philosophy. Everyone has a different idea. And, you know, unfortunately, we're, we're to the point now where everyone's looking for that silver bullet. What's the, what's the next thing we can try? Uh, but in your case, you've been doing it so well for so long. If these educators come and visit, and if they're able to take that back and replicate those ideas, then schools throughout the country have to get better. Well, that's, that's the idea. People often ask us, why don't you build Ron Clark Academies all over the country? And the answer is, you know, we don't need more schools. We have enough schools in our country. What we need to do is to provide the support and, and help schools that are existing become even better. And so we figured that the way that we could have the greatest impact on children in this country is through their teachers. Yes, through leadership too. We invite leadership to come, but that teacher in that classroom, if we can equip that teacher with, with um, the skills, the idea, and even sometimes just the motivation and the inspiration to go in there day after day and do the very hard job that we do and to connect them with their love for teaching, then we can have a greater impact on kids everywhere. And so yet the things that we do here, it's a lot of it, um, it's not rocket science. It really is just relationships with children, like really understanding how to see every child, no child's invisible, how to bring joy into that classroom, how to use multiple ways of teaching, whether it be movement, music, um, deep questioning techniques, you know, getting kids involved, having them have to do active learning, um, and then also balancing it with that discipline and the manners, because that's a big part of what we teach here too. We want children who are respectful and who are good human beings, who care about one another, who lift up each other and support each other. And so there are a couple things, if you could maybe give us an inside look at, at uh, the inner workings of Ron Clark Academy. I, I, I kind of have it in two categories. I think about physical space, and you guys have some really unique uh, things there. You have the slide, and I know you have to be slide certified if you come to Ron Clark <laughs> Academy. Which, And I know a lot of schools, even here where I'm at in Central Kentucky, are replicating that, and, and that's always fun for the kids. But you think about physical space. Classrooms look different than a non-traditional classroom colors are very bright vibrant how does physical space factor into what you're doing I love that you asked that question so first of all the slide there is a two-story electric blue slide in the center of our building and not every school can have that by all means but that slide is a symbol it's a symbol that in life some people always take the stairs but why not slide why not look at the world a little bit differently so for that it's, it's a constant reminder of who we're trying to be, but our, our classroom walls are colorful. There are murals on the walls. There, um, there are pictures of students all over our school. And so schools will come here and they may not be able to paint murals in every classroom. Maybe they don't have the, the budget for something like that, but they can take away something. For example, when you go all over this country, you've got beige classroom walls. Why can't the wall be painted you know, bright blue? Or you know, why does that have to be beige, institutional beige? The other thing is that we'll put up random posters of children who don't attend our school, you know, with inspirational words. Why not go to Kinko's and print out pictures of kids who actually go to the school? Because then it feels like a sense of ownership. Our walls are covered with pictures of students in all different kinds of settings, of things that they've been doing, fun things that they were doing in classroom settings, as well as we have family photos. We actually um, have all of our families come in and we take their family photos and and we have families all over the walls because when the kids are here, if they feel like this is their home away from home, they'll respect the space more. Um, it'll build that 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 feeling of that family and, and the way that they treat one another. So we just think that, you know, we understand that many schools have limited budgets. And the biggest thing here is the relationship. But if you can do things like bring in pictures and color and 
that make people feel happy, then I feel like schools should, should do more of that. And the other piece to this, obviously, is the instructional piece. And, and there's a great video out there that I watched recently of you and your language arts class. And you're doing what many might consider to be just a boring grammar lesson, but you have kids out of their chairs, they're singing, they're dancing, they're lighting up, uh, big smiles on their face. So when you think about the methodology that's used there, is there a philosophy that permeates throughout the entire building? Is that, is that by design or do these things just happen organically? So yes, there are some things that we call our RCA-isms and um, they are expectations across the board. And they are things that uh, every students must always be looking at whoever is speaking in the class. Students stand when they answer questions. Um, the, the type of questioning techniques we use, when our students answer a question, they must always follow up with why that's the answer. Students have to be able to you know, really interact with one another and engage, but to get them where they feel confident doing that, there's a lot of fun that happens in the classroom too, but it is all focused on academics. We're hard, we're academically really challenging. So for example, I'm a language arts teacher. So yes, I have lots of little mini songs where there's rules and grammar you have to learn, but why not learn them to the beat of a song and why not sing them instead of just recite them? And so we use a lot of that. We use a lot of movements and hand gestures to denote different kinds of um, concepts that we learn here. And then sometimes I, I do fun things like, you know, just the other day I had, I, it's simple, took masking cake, put it on the floor, had this like football game music playing. The kids came in, I borrowed jerseys from the PE department and we had the grammar bowl. You know, they got a question right, they moved forward down the, down the football field, they got it wrong, they moved the other way. You know, we were in huddles, we were, you know, I had the whistle, I was the referee. It was just the same concept as if I'd handed them a packet of worksheets, but why not have them up moving and answering the questions and engaging? Or um, when I turn my classroom, when I'm teaching punctuation, I, I'll turn my classroom into a restaurant called Punctuationos, where they punctuate using pieces of pasta. Or, you know, when I teach mechanics, they are auto mechanics, and I have little nuts and bolts and screws, and they punctuate things just using the nuts and bolts and screws. And so it's so simple, but because that tactile part of it and the fun of that and there's sound effects and things like that, they just feel like they're transported to another time and place, and it makes them excited about the activity. So when you have these educators come uh, on Friday to, to uh, observe and hopefully take some great ideas back with you, what is the initial reaction? What is the look on their face like whenever you're doing these things? And what are some of the common questions they ask on the way out? So the most profound thing, I think, is that many cry. Um, many teachers, at the end of the day, they cry. And when I say that, it's, it's a joyful, emotional kind of experience. Um, many the comments that they make that I think move me the most or let me know that we're on the right track is they'll say things like, I never knew. I never knew I could have such academic expectations for my students. And I never understood that I could really engage every child if I could just think just a little bit differently. Um, and so that's a big part. The, under, the, the ownership that our students take of their learning, that's a, a big thing, a game changer for a lot of teachers is how much the students talk about the academic piece. I mean, our students are, are taught how to do that but um, the confidence with which they do it. So the questions they often ask are, you know, well, I don't have a slide in my building. How can I do this? And so what we really do is we break it down. Well, here are the things that you can do. You can, we teach them, how do you get kids to um, get up and speak about certain concepts? How do you teach them tracking? How do you, here's some simple songs or chants you can do. Here's some simple things with movement and what it would look like in your classroom. How, here are questioning techniques that will help you dig deeper into the content. And even simple things like, there are teachers that sometimes forget, they don't look their kids in the eyes. I know that sounds so simple, 
but there's something very personal when you're, you have to look every kid in the eyes so that they know you see them, that they're not invisible. And, and so, and you have to really work on building a rapport and, and finding out what your kids enjoy and, and tying those kinds of concepts into lessons that you teach. And so I think that they, they leave here, hopefully they usually say they leave here invigorated and rejuvenated and determined more than ever before but also with some real concrete tools. We tell them you don't have to do everything we do. Like when you leave here, if you just go back to your classroom and you say from now in the next three months, I'm gonna do three things differently, you're still gonna be better. You don't have to go home and do 150 things, but what if you look at the way we do discipline or the way that we you know, implement movement? If you just take a couple of those, you're already gonna be a little bit better than when you came in. And at the end of the, this podcast, uh, we'll give you a chance to give some information to folks that may have an interest in coming to visit Ron Clark Academy. We'll also include that in the, uh, the show notes. And if you haven't had the chance to go, folks, you need to make that a priority and go see all the wonderful things that, that Kim and her colleagues are doing at Ron Clark Academy. So let's shift gears a little bit and talk about the book. This is your second book. Your, your first book had great success, uh, Crash Course, The Life Lessons of Students that your students had taught you in 2015, your new book that's, that's out now in 2018 is Talk to Me, Find the Right Words to Inspire, Encourage, and Get Things Done. So this is all about effective communication. Yes. So when I, the educators come here, you know, we've had over 50,000. I don't speak to every single one of them, you know, intimately, but many of them I've had really wonderful conversations with. And when they express their frustrations, I realized that most of the frustrations or many of them fall into this category of communication. Your ability to communicate effectively with a student, um, to communicate with your coworkers, to communicate with another parent, or even with your leadership or the leadership with their the people who work for them. And there's many talent, there are many talents that I do not have, but it has been expressed many times that people felt like my ability to communicate all the time, but especially in those areas of conflict or when things are, are tense um, or difficult, People usually want me in the room. And, and so uh, Ron Clark, he said, Kim, you've got to write a book to show people how to do this. And I said, well, I had to think about how I'm going to, because it's very natural for me, how do I break it down in a way that could help other people? And so for about a year, I really reflected on how could I describe the principles that I use in my day-to-day -day interaction in a way that other people could take them and use them. And so that is how the book was born. And so there are six principles um, at the beginning of the book, and those are the foundation, the core, they're building blocks that we should use in everyday language. And then in the back of the book, there are other ways, once you've mastered those six principles, to really dig deeper. So there's the principle of consideration, and we have motivation, appreciation, validation, conversation, and of course, celebration. And so the book really uses vignettes, different scenarios, different stories, things I've done well, things I did not do well in my, this is my 32nd year as an educator, and what I've learned from it to teach the different concepts. And then there's actually a part in the book where they can even practice these different concepts. You know, I spent 15 years as a school district superintendent before moving into uh, higher education where I am now. I wish I would have had this book before I was in that executive leadership role because uh, the most challenging thing that I found during that period of my life was just the realization that when you wake up in the morning, you are going to have difficult conversations with people. Yeah. And, and if you're not someone that can, can, can rise up and, and face that challenge every day, knowing that there's going to be conflict, that can really wear on you. So, uh, you know, a book like this, I think, is huge in terms of just as a reminder to how you want to have those conversations. Right. I really wanted to provide it to be a handbook, a tool that would really empower educators. And a lot of schools are using it as a book study. 
and it's really transforming. There's even a part for parents. I've actually taught the principles to our parents here, and it has been really eye-opening for them. You know, I've said, Joe, this is the email you want to send us. This is what you're feeling. This is how we wish you would say it, you know, and, and so my teachers have been really grateful for that, too, because they feel like the dialogue has been so much more productive. You know, the principles, my, my very favorite are the first two, and there's, because they're the mindset. They're not really the words that you speak are not as important as the sincerity with which you say them. And so the first principle is this idea of consideration. And to put it very basically, even though we dig very deeply in the book, you never know what someone else is dealing with. You never know what it is to walk in someone else's shoes. You don't know when those students walk in the door, when your coworkers, even sometimes those people who seem to have it all together, sometimes they're dealing with a lot behind the scenes. And so you must take that into consideration with every mindset. And that does not mean you allow people to bully you or you don't make excuses for people mistreating you, but it, it is a mindset that you have where it tempers your approach. And so that when you do have to have conflict or, or you know, you do have to sit down and, 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 and have a confrontation, you're able to do it with a mindset of where you're able to come together with the right body language, the right choice of words. And then the other one that I, I just really love is this idea of motivation. You know, when we communicate with people, especially if there's maybe a challenging scenario, you have a motivation for that meeting. Um, and sometimes our motives get a little skewed. So for example, if somebody is upset with you, a lot of times when you sit down at the table, you're frustrated, you're angry, you're motivated by fear, arrogance, insecurity. Um, sometimes we're motivated by jealousy. That's why people gossip quite often. But if you can reframe that and say, okay, you know what? At the end of the day, my, this, this meeting, I'm going to be motivated by truth, insight, and wisdom. Solutions. That's what I'm going to be looking for. What it does is it tempers your approach and you, you lose that defensive edge. And so the other party is more willing to receive it. And it just changes the dynamic of the way words are chosen. You still have to have a difficult conversation, but people are more receptive to it. And, you know, we hear this a lot and, and it is profound that too many times we, we listen to respond instead of listening to try to understand what the other person has on their mind or on their heart. And it took me a while to figure that out, quite frankly, when I was in a school leadership role. But, you know, a lot of times people just want to be, be heard. Yeah, I talk about, you know, there's the power of the hush. Sometimes you've got to hush. <laughs> so, you know, there's a, there's a principle of conversation and in a meaningful conversation, you know, there's four parts. There's participation, information, clarification, but there's also hesitation. And that's that idea that sometimes people don't even really expect you to fix something, quite honestly. They don't even expect you to change it because they don't know how to change it either but they just need to be heard. Their frustrations need to be heard and they need to have that opportunity. And so it's really, really powerful sometimes just to listen and to listen with the right body language, right? So if you're defensive, you're going to be, your arms are going to be crossed. That's going to be the wrong motivation. But if you're seeking insight, you know, you're going to have that body language where you're open, you're, eye, you're making eye contact. You're really looking at that person. Like, I want to hear and try to understand what it is that you're saying. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And so you want to certainly want to check out the book. Talk to me, find the right words to inspire, encourage, and get things done by Kim Bearden. It's a great read. And if you want to improve your communication skills, run out and get that. And, you know, we talk a lot about how adults communicate, and that's obviously very important, especially in a school setting. But we think about kid to kid. And uh, this new I generation, you know, you always hear that, that they have a hard time interacting with one another. Uh, if they're not on their keyboard or their device. Is that something that we need to spend more time teaching them how to talk to each other, communicate with one another, you know, eye to eye, face to face? 
You know, it's interesting you said that because for the past week, I've been really, you know, people keep saying, what's your next book? And, I, and I've played with the idea of, do I want to do this book, but do a student version? You know, talk to me too, talk to me for kids or something like that because of this, that very idea, you know, in all the years I've been teaching, there's been a lot of programs that have come and gone, you know, maybe like peer mediation things and things like where you teach kids how to interact with each other. But I, I think that sometimes only some kids get that training. And so, yes, in our school, these principles are things that I expect all the time in my classroom and the way I, I explain to my students, they should engage with each other. But um, I think that we have lost that. I do. I think it's a generation where sometimes you, you, you'll go to a party, you'll see kids sitting next to each other and they're texting one another, even though they're sitting beside each other. And so, you know, you lose the nuance of the, the body language, the, the tone of voice. There's so many things that you lose in that format. And so it's very important, I think, that we continue to teach kids how to have one-on-one -on -one conversations. You know, you've had the Ron Clark Academy going for quite some time now. So obviously you have, um, you know, students that have gone on to do great things at the high school level, at the college level. Do you have any kind of, tra tracking is probably the, the wrong word, but how do you measure the success those kids have had after they've been in your program? That's a great question. So we, we actually do stay connected with our alumni. It's something we feel very strongly about because we really try to build this family atmosphere here. And we say, well, family doesn't end in eighth grade. What happens after they leave? And so um, we have several times throughout the course of the year that we engage with our alumni. We invite them to come back. We, um, whenever we have many of them come back to volunteer and we have someone who's in charge of keeping all their addresses, their phone numbers, their emails. Matter of fact, next week, well, I guess none of them will hear this, so it's okay to tell you, but <laughs> they're going to get surprised. We have kids scattered all over the country. Many, some of our kids are in boarding schools now, and some of our kids are in college, and so they're all going to, and some of them are in the workforce, so they're all going to be getting gifts packages where all of our students here have written letters and some some little uh, cool little gifts from the academy just to let them know that we're thinking about them. So. Um, what we do is we do stay engaged with the students when they're in high school. We ask that they continue to send us their report cards, their grades, their parents send us that, you know, accolades, things they've done well. We put out, you know, booklets periodically of the things that our alumni are engaged in doing. So the very first group of students to ever attend our school, um, well, all of our students who have, um, every student who is of age has graduated from high school. So we've never had any student drop out of high school. And, and that's significant because, you know, many of the students who come to us were not successful students at the time they entered our school. So that's important. And um, I'm not sure what the, the current dropout rate is in, in this area for students in high school. I know a couple of years ago, it was about uh, only 30% of African-American males were graduating from high school. And I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if that's the exact number, so I don't want to misquote, but it was a lot of, not enough students were graduating. And our students are, all graduating, which we're very proud of. And then after that, um, about 95% of our students are currently in college or the, or the military. We have a handful of students who are taking a quarter off just because of, you know, working full time to get, you know, finish to get that tuition or pursuing other careers, you know, different kinds of trades and things like that. So they're doing very, very well. We're really, really proud of them. I also recently saw on your website where I think you're going to expand to fourth grade at the middle school level and you're accepting applications. Has uh, there ever been a thought about going to a K-8 format? Or what about a Ron Clark Academy for high school students? Or have those discussions ever been in play? Well, you know, we've always said never, but I've learned now never to say never because I would have told you we wouldn't have a fourth grade. Um, so we are, we're adding to our building, we're, we're expanding our facility. And so, you know, you want to be good stewards of space like that. We'll have the space now to accommodate a fourth grade. So that's why we're adding the fourth grade class. High school, I feel like part of our job 
is that we're, we're kind of like parents. We, we get our students here and we prepare them and we're trying to prepare them to go off and spread their wings and go elsewhere. And so um, I don't think that we'll do high school. And honestly, to do high school really well, oh my goodness, that's a whole other animal, isn't it? You know, with all the, to be able to have all the AP courses and extracurriculars and things like that. And so I think I, I just take great pride in our students going to their different high schools and thriving there and really just um, being someone, a bright shining light there and taking what we taught with them on their way. And so I don't think we'll do high school, but I guess anything's possible. Well, you're doing some amazing work there. And again, folks, if you uh, want to learn more about the Ron Clark Academy, uh, you can go to KimBearden.com. You can follow her on Twitter and you can find Ron Clark Academy all over the place on social media. They have a great website and there are some wonderful videos out there that you can check out as well. So Kim, as we wrap it up again, thanks for being here. And how can uh, educators get some information so they can come visit you? Absolutely. So if you go to ronclarkacademy.com, there is a site, there's a button right there you can push to take you to the educator training. It tells you all the dates and how you would register for those. Also, um, I'm at Kim Bearden on all forms of social media and I have a website, kimbearden.com. So if you want to learn more about the kinds of things I do in my classroom or more about Talk to Me. Well, again, uh, check out the book, Talk to Me, Find the Right Words to Inspire, Encourage, and Get Things Done by Kim Bearden. Thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate your time, and uh, I hope to see you on social media soon. Thank you so much. And as always, folks, remember, do what you can in your school and community to create better schools for kids. Thank you for listening to the Reimagined Schools podcast with Dr. Greg Goins. Be sure to continue the conversation on social media with the Reimagined Schools hashtag and subscribe to the podcast at reimaginedschools.net. You can also help support this podcast by clicking on the listener support link and making a small monthly contribution. Contact Dr. Greg Goins today to invite him to speak or present at your next education conference or professional development day. Please send inquiries to drgreggoins at gmail.com or on Twitter at Dr. Greg Goins.